Well, good afternoon and welcome to Treasures of the Heart. This is Pastor The Way In. I certainly hope you had a wonderful, safe uh, Christmas with hopefully family or with those in your just immediate family, but that maybe you got to Zoom, you got to talk to loved ones. And so however you made it to be as meaningful as it could possibly be, I do pray that it was one that you can still um, say that you celebrated Christmas, maybe not because of your circumstances, but because of Christ. And I know for us, on the 23rd, um, I did the memorial service for um, my brother-in-law, Mike, and he passed away uh, just a week or more uh, after his own brother passed away, both from the virus and a really good friend before that, like the week before. So in my family, there have been like four losses in four weeks all to COVID. So it's very, just very difficult. And I understand that. But in the midst of it all, Jesus came. And I guess I really have to celebrate, right? I mean, I don't guess I do. Because I know where my loved ones are. You know, I didn't stand at the grave and, and say goodbye. It's like, see you later. Because there's going to be a hello after there is a goodbye. And so, there, there, of course, we miss them terribly. However, if Jesus hadn't come to the earth and, and sacrificed his own life and forgave us of our sins, we would not have an eternal hope. But we do have an eternal hope. And we're going to need it when we get to chapter 13. And so, I know we're kind of in this transition between Christmas and New Year's. And so hopefully at the end, I remembered to wish you a happy new year's. But um, let's look at chapter 13. It's really important that we get through on this chapter. And the title at the very beginning of chapter 13 is The Beast from the Sea. You see, I gave you two weeks ago um, in chapter 11, you were able to see, or chapter 12, I'm sorry, you were able to see there were two. We had the dragon, who was Satan, and we had the first beast, who is the Antichrist. Bah, but now we're going to see and hear about another beast. So that would make three. That would be Satan and two of the ones that help him. Now, interestingly, remember, Satan is always trying to either outdo God, mock God, be more like God in evil ways, as far as power and authority. So we know we have the triune God, that we serve God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? So now watch, because the enemy on the evil side is doing the same thing. He wants a triune group. So, you know, Satan would be in his realm, the, the kingdom of that realm. And then we would have the first beast who had the ten horns. Now listen to verse 1. This is, and he stood on the sand of the seashore. And I saw a beast coming up out of the sea, having ten horns and seven heads, and on his horns were ten diadems, and on his heads were blasphemous names. Now, that's the first beast, right? Yes, that was the first beast. And he said, which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were like those of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his throne and great authority. So this is the Antichrist, the first beast. And the dragon, Satan, is giving him all of his power and his authority to do what he needs to do here on the earth during this first three and a half years of the tribulation. Verse 4, um, 
I'm sorry, let's go back to verse 3. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been slain and his fatal wound was healed. Now, the fatal wound means he must have gotten his, uh, somehow a, a hit to the head and it was fatal. That means death, die. But it says here that he had this fatal wound, but it was healed. If you remember before when we talked about the two witnesses, let's say they were Moses and Elijah, and the and they, Satan came and waged war with them and killed them and let them lay on the street for three days, right? And then God came and breathed life into them. They stood up. People all around heard the voice from heaven saying, come up here with me. Well, okay, so see, God resurrected them after they had died right there in front of everyone. So Satan wants to mimic God and he wants to use his, um, his powers to do the same thing or at least appear to make it look like he's doing the same thing. And so this wound of the first beast is healed of the Antichrist. So the people, they are saying, who's like the beast? Who's able to wage war with him? Verse 5, and there was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for 42 months was given to him. He's on the earth, folks, the Antichrist. Now, listen, some people say, well, everything's going to look really, really good because, yeah, he comes as an angel of light at the beginning. But anytime you hear someone blasphemy God, you're going to know that is not Christ. That is going to be someone who is serving the dark side, the evil side. And, and you just don't want to be a part of that. And I mean, I, I say any Christian who believes in Jesus Christ, the last thing that should come out of their mouth would be saying the GD or JC in a curse or or if they just get upset and uh, something falls off and they just start slewing out these words and, and that's blasphemy against God. A Christian should never have those words come out of their mouth. So why would we even want to follow, follow the Antichrist when he is blaspheming God and saying terrible things? All right. And so it says that it, it, that this was given to him, this mouth that would speak these arrogant blasphemies and has been given the authority to act all this time, right, while he's on the earth. Now, verse 6. So he opened his mouth in blasphemies against God, all right, to blasphemy his name and his tabernacle. That would be like his gatherers, his believers, where they'd come to, to church, right? That is those who dwell, although, in heaven. Now, that's interesting because hopefully we're not here in chapter 13. Hopefully that has been, we've been taken up and out of this mess that's going to be really, really coming after all the seals were broken and the trumpet judgments were, were spewed upon the earth and the witnesses came and they had the ability to just cause all kinds of plagues. It's a mess down here, right? We have one pandemic and look what's happened. God has given them the authority to have as many as it's going to take to reveal God's power and that God is the one who has all power and all authority. Satan can't touch it, but he's trying. So he's going after the people that are here, right? And he's trying to get them from God and to have them worship him. Okay? So those who dwell in heaven. So let me read six again. He opened his mouth and blasphemies against God to blasphemy his name and his tabernacle that is those who dwell in heaven. Well, who's dwelling in heaven? Everyone that has gone before us, right, who's a believer in Christ. And then in this first, uh, whether it's pre-trib, you know, when you get into part of the revelation that 
Jesus calls his believers up. You know, we've been sealed by God. He calls us up and out of this earth while this latter worst part is all going on. So we could be up there as well. Also, if there were those on the earth during the tribulation who hadn't been saved prior, that got saved when the two witnesses came, and maybe they died for their faith, they could be in heaven as well. All right, so anyone, anyone that the Antichrist feels or thinks is worshiping God and the Savior and the Holy Spirit. He is, he's against them, totally. We are numero uno enemies, all right? So let's go then to verse 7. And it was given to him to make war with the saints. We are the saints, friends. To make war with the saints and to overcome them and authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him. So he's going to have some awesome authority right here on this earth. And he is going to be waging war with anyone who names the name of Christ and believes in God, right? So we get to verse 8. And all who dwell on the earth, okay, so now it's not up in heaven, but those who are dwelling on the earth, right? Everyone, now listen to this, it's very important. Everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who has been slain. All right? So, look, anyone who doesn't believe in Jesus, is going to be subject to to Satan, and and, and you you know you're going to have to maybe sell your soul to him, and you're going to have to make some really big decisions at this point on on whom you're going to serve. You're going to serve God, and you may die for your faith. And you're going to serve Satan, just to live on this earth and then curse your own eternal destiny to hell. So, I want you to be careful. Verse nine: If anyone has an ear, let him hear. And we haven't heard that a lot, right, since the very beginning of the book of Revelation when Jesus spoke to the seven churches. And at the end, the one thing he said is like, listen, I've already told you what's going on, what you need to do, what I'm proud about, what you're doing. But those who have an ear, you better hear what I'm saying to the church. And so that's what we're hearing right here is that you better, in verse 9, you have an ear, let him hear what's going on. Verse 10, if anyone is destined for captivity, to captivity he goes. If anyone kills with a sword, with a sword he must be killed. Here is the perseverance and the faith of the saints. There's going to be a lot of killing going on. And again, you may have to, to, to die and believe in Christ rather than to denounce Christ, to live for Satan, and damn yourself for all eternity. All right, so it's very important that you understand that. Verse 11, and I saw now, here is the second beast that I talked about at the beginning. And I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. So he's going to look like a lamb. Well, who's, who else looks was like, was like a lamb? Well, Jesus, the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. So here we go. We're going to have this false prophet, this beast, who's going to be working and uplifting the false prophet and getting people to follow him. And so he's going to come, not with the ten horns that the first beast had, but two, like a lamb, like a false prophet or a false priest. And he spoke, though, as Satan. 12. And he exercised all the authority of the first beast in his presence. So as long as the false prophet is in the presence of the Antichrist, he can assert all the authority that Satan gave the Antichrist. He will be able to do those things as well. So he exercises all the authority 
of the first beast in the presence, and he makes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose fatal wound was healed. So now the false prophet is getting everyone to worship the Antichrist. All right. And he makes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast who had the fatal wound and was healed. Verse 13. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down out of heaven to the earth in the presence of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth because of these signs which it was given him to perform in the presence of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who had the wound of the sword and then come to life. Ah, the Antichrist, who, right? I mean, he, he had died. He came back to life. He was healed. Now they're going to make an image of him. Just think of Saddam Hussein and the big tall statues that are over uh, in, in like, you know, those other countries of Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan. Look at look what they do with their leaders, right? Hitler had huge statues, right? So this is what he's going to do. He says, let's build an image, all right, in the, in the form of the Antichrist. So let's go on in verse 15. And there was given to him to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast might even speak and cause as many as do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So now you don't only have the Antichrist, you have the image of the Antichrist, like in a statue who has been given just some technological ability to speak. But it's going to look as though this image has come to life. And then if you don't even bow down to the image, they'll kill you, right? This is getting rough, isn't it, folks? Verse 16. And he caused all, the small, the great, the rich, the poor, and the free men and the slaves to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And he provided that no one should be able to buy or to sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. So there you have the mark of the beast. Maybe you heard all about, you know, you don't want to get 666, you know, on your on your forehead or on your hand. You know, you don't want to do that because you're sealing yourself to Satan just so that you can buy and sell and work on the earth. That's how bad it's going to be. You know, there is going to be no dividing line when it comes to this part, and he comes he is going to either have you worship the Antichrist, denounce Christ, and your family must denounce Christ, and be willing to die to be able to have eternal life with Christ for forever and ever with everyone that you love who believes in him, or you are going to take the mark. Now remember, Jesus, God said, don't hurt anyone till I seal them, and I know they're mine. Satan's doing the same thing right here with this mark. You get the mark, you're mine. All right, so listen, we have lots more to learn. But until we get to next week, let me wish you a very, very happy, healthy new year. And may we put some of this darkness and chaos behind us in the name of Jesus. May you live for Christ in this new year. God bless you. This is Pastor The Way with Treasures of the Heart.